Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. This week on the podcast, I thought it would be fun to dig into something called the nine pillars of happiness. So I recently did an Instagram live interview with Stephen Beerbrier, who was on the podcast a few episodes ago, and he is the leader of an Instagram account called Happiness Habits 613. And February is a really tough month, so he's decided to lead his Instagram community through something called the Happiness Habits Challenge or Check-In, and he's got it all centered around nine pillars of happiness. So I thought it would be really fun to dig into each of those pillars this week and share some of the things that I do to go along with each pillar which is kind of what our conversation was on my IG Live, uh, which aired Saturday, February the 6th. And so I thought, if you want to go check out the IG Live, you can go to the Instagram account Happiness Habits 613 and listen to our conversation. But I'll give you some little snippets here this week of what we talked about. So the first happiness habit is gratitude. And what you might want to do is go onto the Happiness Habits 613 Instagram account and they have this cute little tracker which has each of the habits on it. And then you can kind of do a daily checklist and a check-in in terms of how you're doing on each of those habits. So like I said, the first one was gratitude. And for me, gratitude is a pretty easy one that I've built into my day because as I've mentioned a number of times, I use the Start Today brand journal every day and it begins with a section where you list out five things you're grateful for. And they're supposed to be small things, not um, the really big stuff that you're sort of grateful for every day, but this is something simple like... I had a great cup of coffee this morning. I got a really good sleep last night. The sun is out today. Those kind of little things that sometimes when you're not looking, you miss and they can really, really impact your mood. So that's how I take care of my gratitude on a daily basis and find that to be a really easy way to work it in. The next one is connections. So I think during this COVID time, connections have been um, an interesting challenge at times. So for me, I live with my husband and my kids. And so connection with them during the coronavirus lockdowns and stuff has been no problem because I'm with them constantly. But then connection with others can be a challenge. So um, I would say that one probably fluctuates along depending on where you are in the pandemic. But certainly, um, there's all ways to connect digitally as well through things like FaceTime. And I know my parents, uh, they don't really like the FaceTime Zoom type platform, but we do a lot of just phone check-ins and I tend to just 
put my uh, mic and earbuds in and then as I'm you know cleaning up or something like that we'll have a phone call and and it's a nice way to just kind of check in and be able to chat back and forth so that's kind of a key connection place the other thing has been trying to do things with family outdoors so for instance there's an outdoor skating rink uh, near where my sister lives and so I'll take the kids over there and sort of be able to do the connection in that way. So that's kind of where I'm at on connection. The next one is nature. So nature is a great one. And it's something that I always loved as a child, but never really put my finger on why. You know, I remember very vividly laying down in my backyard as a kid and just kind of looking up at the clouds and feeling that really groundedness, just sitting in the grass or laying on the grass. But I never really realized how necessary it is for mental health and for me. And another thing that I have realized is how great I feel when I'm around water. So it's kind of a funny thing that, you know, I used to run in the old city that I ran in and there was a river and my best runs and were those days that I would kind of run towards the river and then run back home because I just love seeing water whenever I can. And so nature has been one that during the pandemic, I've really noticed a difference on the days that I get out in nature, um, go for a walk, even just sometimes being on my front porch or my back deck um, when it was warmer for sure. Uh, And then recently, about three months ago, we got a puppy. And so the puppy needs to go outside all of the time. And that has been something that even though it's winter and it's so cold here in Ontario, Canada, I've been getting out three times a day with the puppy to do uh, walks and then of course, you know, taking him out to you for him to use the washroom and things like that to do his bathroom thing. But um, I've noticed it's been crazy because I've really felt a bigger connection this winter to the outdoors and I've really noticed the impact of just kind of getting the sun on my face and how much of a difference that makes in my mood. So I'm definitely on board with the nature thing and you know Stephen's group even talked about just go hug a tree and I can totally see that that just being being out there and even just in a couple of trees. It doesn't have to be a giant forest. You don't have to necessarily be hiking. Just getting outside, feeling that fresh air, and getting that sun on your face. The next one is purpose. So purpose was one that really rang true with me as well because in the last few years, I've been really focusing on doing things that are outside kind of my nine to five job. As much as I feel like my general day job is very purposeful, um, I've kind of wanted to do things that are passion projects or um, almost like hobbies. And so one being this podcast, and it's been really fun to add to my life. And then another has been writing a book. I've just recently 
finished um, the publication of a middle grade novel called Pendulum. It's on a boy with pandas, which I've talked about several times on the podcast, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder after streptococcal infections. And writing about mental health and writing about middle grade struggles and all of that has just been a really fun, productive, purposeful way for me to express myself in in the past two years. Um, I also have the blog that um, I don't write on quite as much because I've been so focused on the book, but um, my blog as well is a place where I feel that purpose. And then, of course, being a parent is a huge uh, thing to me and I just find so much purpose in the fact that I can sort of guide and share my wisdom with my children and um, and try to impact their lives as positively as I can. The next one is mindfulness. Now mindfulness is something that I have used definitely more at different periods in my life and less in others. Right now, I am trying to use meditation as a form of mindfulness whenever I can, but there are so many mindfulness exercises. I actually took a course a few years ago called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, Stress Reduction, and that was so great because it opened me up to a number of different mindful practices, things like mindful eating, mindful walking, meditation, yoga, just to name a few. And I do see that mindfulness has such a great purpose. And one of the things that I do um, whenever I am feeling kind of up in my head, like I'm just spinning on things and I can't focus, is I do sort of a five senses check-in where I mentally note three things that I can see, three things that I can hear, three things that I can feel, three things that I can smell, and then three things that I can taste. And just kind of bringing myself into those senses is one really quick, easy way. Like you can even do that walking down the street. Now, sometimes you're not tasting something if you're obviously not eating, but it's something that um, I find when I'm rushing around and I'm really like, got to do, I got to do, I got to do all these things. It's a really good grounding technique. And it's probably my favorite mindfulness thing because some of the times the challenge with meditation is that you, you kind of have to have that space where you can, you know, close your eyes and and be by yourself but you can do this kind of grounding technique really anywhere and it can kind of just bring you back into that present moment the next pillar of happiness on the happiness habits tracker is minimalism so minimalism is one that when i first read it i thought mm, I don't know, like I try to go through things and, you know, when the kids outgrow clothes, I try to get rid of those extra clothes and donate them or give them to friends, things like that to to move things out of the house. It does feel great when you can kind of declutter certain areas and you feel like this sort of release, especially after the holiday season when you have this influx of new things um, that have come in through Christmas, it is really nice to spend some time doing that um, purging and, and decluttering. But then another thing that I thought about 
was the fact that in the past, you know, year and a half or so, I've made a big shift in terms of my use of personal care products. So I used to be kind of what I would call a product junkie. And I loved to try new makeup stuff, new hair things, anything product-wise that was, um, you know, something that was going to make you look better. And I spent a lot of money on that stuff. And then I remember maybe about a year and a half ago, I kind of had a breakthrough in terms of wearing makeup every day. And I had been doing it for 20 some odd years. And I just kind of thought, this is really silly. Like every day I wake up, I put these chemicals on my face and I had been working to get um, better products. That had kind of been a focus for a few years was, you know, looking for more natural products, things that don't contain some of those harmful ingredients. But even still, I thought the amount of money and time that I'm putting into putting on this makeup every single day to go to work. And then I would go to work and not really see sometimes very many people. Like there are some days where, you know, you have a big presentation and maybe you do want to wear makeup. But some days I would just be sitting at my desk working away and then I drive home and I think why did I waste all of this time and energy on the makeup so I I just kind of challenged myself to not do it and it was very empowering to me because I forever would never have you know went to work without makeup I might have went to the grocery store done something like that but um, work was like a absolutely not kind of thing. And then I just kept with it. And then of course, when the pandemic hit, um, same thing, there wasn't any need for makeup. And now I'm at the point where if I actually put makeup on, my kids will say, why do you have makeup on? Are you going somewhere today? Are you like, what are you doing? Why, why did you put that on your face? And they'll say like, oh, mom, you look so much nicer without makeup and things like that. So it's been um, very soothing and I think very unmasking for me. It's kind of made me feel like, you know what? I am myself and this is what I look like. And so the other piece of that has been hair. I've been highlighting my hair for over 20 years and it costs an awful lot, I will say. And during the pandemic, the same thing. The first few months, I thought, oh my God, look at these roots. And then I just kind of started to ride it out. And I haven't dyed my hair now in um, over a year. So I think that's been something that I might just stick with. And I've got some grays coming in with, with the brown, but um, you know what? I I don't really think it's a big deal. I uh, feel feel better just kind of living as myself right now and being kind of what I would consider more natural. So that's kind of my take on minimalism, I think. I'm feeling like I'm putting a lot less um, a lot less money and time and effort into some of those appearance things. The next one is altruism. And same thing, I kind of was a little stuck on that one. I certainly, you know, I do charitable donations, things like that. 
But then when I was having my uh, Instagram live interview with Stephen, he pointed out the podcast is kind of a form of altruism, especially with the free meditations that I've been giving on the podcast. And I that really made me feel good because I thought I've been looking at it to myself as a passion project, something that's kind of feeding my soul, something that's keeping me interesting. But if um, others are benefiting from it, then absolutely, I that makes me feel happy. And I, I really loved that point because it was something I hadn't thought about. The next one is nutrition. And oh, nutrition is something that it's so important to me, but I will say I've been struggling with for the past few months um, and, and honestly the past few years. You know, I had a huge weight loss um, success and sort of, I, I would almost say like a health transformation because I was very active and uh, lost a lot of fat doing a very high protein diet um, and super, super clean whole foods kind of diet and and was very religious with that for years. And then I started to get into some different health podcasts and I learned more about keto and I thought, oh my gosh, like I really want to try this. It's interesting to me, this idea of more healthy fats. Um, And so I started to do that and then I started to explore intermittent fasting and what that looked like. And I think right now I'm just at a period where I'm not quite sure what to do again. Um, I've started to gain some weight, so I feel like the fasting is not working for me because I think with with my history of eating issues, it's just too much for me. It's too much restriction, and then I kind of come out and you know, my go-to is to then go into kind of a binge cycle. And so I just don't think that fasting is for me in that way. And so I'm trying to figure out my nutrition, I would say, if I'm being completely honest. I definitely stay with my my food sensitivities, always uh, remaining gluten and dairy-free. And I do stick with um, my protein focus as well. Like I make sure to eat a protein at every diet or every meal, but I do find um, that I'm I'm just not really sure on how much carbs and stuff, because if you're looking at something like keto, it's like no carbs. But if you're looking at something like the high protein diet that I was doing before, it was just less carbs. You know, it was kind of some at breakfast, a little less at lunch, you know, not much at dinner. So I'm kind of in this weird in-between right now. And I'm just trying to find out where, what is kind of speaking to me, I guess, in terms of nutrition. And I'm very interested in intuitive eating. And I think um, that's something I'm going to look into more on the podcast and, and hopefully talk about that more in the future. So the next of the nine or the last of the nine is movement. And I love movement. That is my favorite. I have been using the Peloton app like a crazy person and I've been really focusing on making sure that I'm moving every day. In November or late October, early November, I kind of challenged myself to try to run every day. Over the previous summer, I had been trying to get myself 
into half marathon shape. And so I was pushing it with these really long runs on Sunday and I made it to almost 10 miles in those long runs. But I just found that my body was really struggling then in recovery. And then I found I didn't really want to do my shorter runs during the week because I would be sore from the long runs. And it just, I got to a point where I didn't, I didn't want to keep progressing because I just wasn't feeling um, like I was doing it in a healthy way. So I then kind of thought, you know what? I do love running though, and I want to get back into it. So what I wanted to do was challenge myself to do shorter runs, but more frequent, more frequently. So that's kind of what I did with this like running every single day thing. And I've been using my Peloton app. Sometimes I don't use the app. I'll just um, go for a run on my own or I'll just listen to music or a podcast. I often like listening to those as well while I jog or, you know, especially if it's a less strenuous run and you're not pushing yourself quite as much. Um, and, and it's been really fun doing this daily running because I've really still noticed the ebb and flow in it that I'll have like a hit run and then I'll have more of a endurance run. And then I might do something like a recovery run or a walk run. And so, um, I'm still, I'm not getting bored because I'm still changing it up every day. And then along with that, doing uh, my regular weightlifting. So I typically lift weights four days a week. And this has just kind of given me a new challenge. And like I said, I've also been out a lot with our puppy. So doing a lot of walking on top of the running and stuff. So I'm feeling really good on the activity side for sure. And then there's the last box if you check out the happiness check-in that's got mental wellness, hydration, and sleep as kind of things that you can check in on as well. And hydration is something that um, I'm also trying to push myself to get back into. I found when I was working in the office, I was a lot better of constantly you know, filling up my water bottle, taking water with me, drink, drink, drink. At home, I'm tending to do a little bit less, um, but I've still kept up my no caffeine. So I suppose all of my cups of decaf coffee and tea are still um, hydrating because I'm not doing caffeine. So uh, especially in the winter, I even find one of the ways that I drink more water is to just drink like warm or hot water in a cup, like not tea, not coffee, but just hot water. And I know that sounds maybe gross, but uh, if you're really cold, it, it really does warm you up from the core and it's uh, really good for you. I always feel really good when I'm just sipping hot water. So that's one. Sleep has been a funny one. I've been waking up really early recently and I'm not really sure why, but um yeah, I I don't know. I can't say that I'm really deprived on sleep though because I do go to bed early. So maybe my body's just wants to do something. So I've been getting those workouts in early, uh, doing some work on my website and my book and things like that and just using that time for myself. So I figure I'm just going to roll with it. And then when I get super tired again, I'm sure my body will decide to take that sleep time. Um, so that's kind of an overview of the nine 
happiness habits and the nine pillars that they're tracking on the happiness habits challenge for February. So I would encourage you to check out the Instagram account happiness habits 613. There are a number of interesting IG live interviews with a whole bunch of different people. Um, They've all got different backgrounds. There's other podcasters, there's authors, um, there's people who are more like holistic nutrition focused, people more into movement, just talking about what happiness habits means to them and how they incorporate some of these things into their life. And then of course, like I said, you can get the tracker that I mentioned as well. So again, it's at happiness habits 613 on Instagram. And I'd love if you checked out the interview with me as well. So I hope you're having a great week and you're making it through this winter time. I'll be back next week planning to do a self-love meditation. So that'll be our focus. And there's one more thing that I did want to mention. So I am putting together an email list and I would love it if you would join my email list. And as a thank you, for joining the email list, you will get a free 30-day self-care calendar. And so the self-care calendar includes 10-minute ideas for self-care for every day for a month, just trying to build a small habit of self, self-care self into your life. So taking just those few moments for yourself, and my hope is that those few moments might become more and more over time. And then the other thing is just trying to give some different ideas because there's so much talk about self-care and people seem to think it's going to a spa or, you know, self-care is getting a massage. But you know what? We really just need to do things that feed our soul every single day. And so the things that I've suggested on there can be as simple as going outside in nature for a few minutes or a small walk or maybe baking a favorite treat. You know, if that's something that you love to do, it feeds your soul. And then the idea is that you'll work through these and maybe find something new that you haven't tried before or something that you have tried but you're excited to start adding into your life again. So it's not that you necessarily are going to keep changing it up and doing all of these different things forever, but it's that if you try some different things for the month and you start to build in the self-care, then hopefully you'll find something that you really love. So the way to get the self-care calendar and to join up on my list is you can go to my Instagram account and I have the link for the mailing list and the calendar in my bio. So you can just click that. And also on my Facebook page, which is Sarah-Gluten-Free-Lady, you, same thing, I've posted a link on there in order to hit that page and subscribe to my email list. And so really with the email list, my plan is to just kind of send reminders of what the podcast topics are as well as when my book's coming out to send reminders of those. So please consider joining the email list. I won't spell out the big long name for it right now, but um, 
like I said, just hit my Instagram account. Also, I think I've put it on Twitter as well and Facebook. Thanks a lot. I wrote a book and I am so excited to share it with all of you. The book is called Pendulum. And it's about a young boy that struggles with a little-known illness called pandas. He starts as a very energetic, fun-loving, charming young boy, but then begins to transition to someone that is feeling anxious, that has obsessive thoughts, that is emotional, angry, and depressed. As the young boy gets diagnosed with pandas, he then struggles with his treatment and then also regular middle grade issues like navigating his first crush and playing competitive sports. Throughout these experiences, Ben encounters challenges in a new school, coping with his own mental health and understanding and accepting himself. He shares in the book how he handles all these trials of being a middle grader with pandas and his unique outlook on the disorder and life. I look forward to you reading this novel. It will be available in the coming months through Friesen Press and Amazon. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com, or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S A R A L A D Y G L U T E N, or the Facebook page, Sarah Lady Gluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.